Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. God is doing an amazing thing in this place, amen, and this conference this past weekend was amazing, and words, how many received a good word, amen, and it's, you know, and when God gives us a word, we stand on, you got to stand on that word to see it, you know, accomplished as God stands over his word, amen, so I want to share a word with you tonight that the Lord's put in my heart, and it's anxious for nothing, hallelujah, God created us in his image and likeness, and he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. So come on, look at your neighbor and says, don't be anxious for anything. Amen. Come on, open your Bibles with me, please, and remain standing for the reading of the word. In Philippians 4, we're going to read verses 1 through 9. Once again, Pastor Daniel, we love you. Thank you for, uh, so much for the trust, you know, to be here once again. I had the great privilege of preaching, you know, at the old building and at the new building. Many times we've had prayer here on the property at the barn and to be standing. This is a testimony and we are witnessing all that God has done. Amen. You guys there in Philippians 4? All right. It says, and I'm reading the New Living Translation. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal to Iodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. Hallelujah. They needed the garden conference. Come on. They worked alongside, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Verse 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Father, I thank you for your word that is a light into our path, our lamp into our feet. Lord, that you bless us, that you provide for us, God, that you have made a way. And I pray tonight, Lord, that your truth will come, that it will invade, Lord, every area of our hearts and of our minds and push away every lie and push away everything that is contrary to you. Holy Ghost, we yield to you tonight. Come on, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Lord, we welcome you here to come, Lord, and touch and transform in Jesus' name. Bondages will be broken tonight. Hallelujah. Healing will be released tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. What a powerful word. Don't be anxious for anything. 
You know, anxiety today, you hear, you know, it's such a prevalent thing, and we hear so much about anxiety this, anxiety that, and anxious, and people, you know, and medications, and all kinds of things. You know, you go to the supermarket, and it's kind of, you know, creepy. It's like, you know, if you have anxiety, it's like, you know, shoppers, are you anxious right now? If you call your doctor, there's this special drug that has all these side effects, your foot will fall off, your hair will fall off, you will become six inches shorter, but it'll help you with anxiety. You know, and we, there's all these things, and it's actually, it's pushing you to be anxious. You watch the news, you know, and, it, and there's a twisting that happens in news and media and talk shows and, you know, and talk show radios and all these things, you know, Democrat or Republican, you know, Constitution, whatever party, whatever, you know, uh, persuasion people are from, there's a lot of anxiety. Now, Dr. Cloud, Dr. Henry Cloud, I don't know if you ever heard of Dr. Henry Cloud, but he's a Christian psychiatrist and he's, you know, he's written the book Boundaries. You know, um, and it's a powerful, he's a powerful man of God. And really, you know, I encourage you, if you've never read that book, that's a, one of a, a great book for you to read. That's Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. And it's really, you know, he's a, a Christian man. He loves the Lord. And the way he presents, you know, um, psychology is really, you know, biblically, which is the only way that it should be presented. Amen. But he talks about psych uh, or anxiety, that it's a very treatable mental health issues. It's not a terminal disease. And while some forms of anxiety and depending on, you know, trauma and different things that you experience, that people experience in life, you know, there might need more work. However, you know, it is treatable. And, we, you know, and it's made worse, anxiety is made worse when a person begins to have anxiety about anxiety. And it can be destructive, and actually it is destructive. That's what panic attack is. Somebody's like, you know, I don't like spiders. And then it's like, you know, you see a, some, they see a spider, and it's like, oh, it's a spider. Oh, no, I'm going to get anxious about it. And then they get anxious about being anxious about a spider, and it becomes a cycle that spirals out of control. The thing is, you know, even, and this is, you know, not even the Holy Spirit, you know, he, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. And God will help you. The Holy Spirit will break those things off of you. But even, you know, if you, in order for you to receive healing, in order for you to work these things out in your life, in order for you to work things out of your life, you actually have to confront them. And the thing is, you have to decide for yourself that you're going to get out of any predicament that you're in. Let me say that again. If you find yourself in a place that, you know, it's not where God wants you to be. If you find yourself in a place where you don't want to be, you have to make the decision, okay, I got to get out of here. And then begin to pursue and confront and go forward in that. And now the plans of the devil are to make you feel discouraged and hopeless so that you're going to miss the truth of God's love for us. Because God is for us, and he's done so many things to help us. You know, he's provided everything we need for life and godliness, the Bible says. But you actually have to pursue those things for your life. 
Jesus has already come and paid the price. He's already come and made a way. He's already come and paved the way. All we have to do is to enter into it, and it takes, actually, faith is action. You can pray, you can pray and pray and pray, but if you never put action to your prayer, if you never take steps of faith, you will never overcome anything. I love John Duke's testimony. Right, the Lord spoke to him. It's so bound in anxiety, you know, and had to smoke weed all the time in order to just, you know, be at peace or just really to, to stop the, the symptoms of, of the anxiety. But in that place where the Lord spoke to him, the presence of God visited him where he was about to light up and said, if you will flush away your addiction, I will heal you. And it was a lot of money. And it wasn't convenient, but he had to take the step of faith. And the moment he flushed it down the toilet, the power of God came upon his life and set him free. And then he's been walking out ever since in freedom what God has paid for him to walk in. And that's the same for every single one of us. Hallelujah. When you have surrendered yourself to victimhood, you will never be victorious. So if you give yourself up to the circumstance, there's nothing I can do. What are you talking about there's nothing you can do? All things are possible for those who love Christ and are called according to his purposes. There's nothing that is impossible to you. Hallelujah. In Christ. And also, you know, Leviathan, and we heard in the conference, you know, the spirit that has been broken, it's a twisting spirit. Leviathan, you know, is, is really a work, is a demonic entity that try to twist your view of who God is in your life. He'll try to get, the devil's going to try to get you thinking that God loves them better than you, love her better than you, and it's because of your, your past, who you are, you're, you're too much this, you're not, you know, you're not white enough, it's the white people that took it, it's the whatever other, you know, excuse there is out there. But that's not the truth because God has set us free. For freedom, he has set you free. And he's been defeated. The devil wants to twist your view of God so that you surrender to unbelief. I'll say that again. The enemy will try to twist your view of God so you surrender to unbelief. And people will say, you know, well, my, you know, my husband left me or, you know, whatever happened, my car broke down, you know, my, I, I lost my job. Why did God make me lose my job? God didn't make you lose your job. But even if you look in scriptures, David, when he, had Zik, when he was at Ziklag and Ziklag was completely destroyed, everything he was taken, it was a last ditch effort of the enemy to get him to turn away from God, to get him to, you know, reject the plan of God in his life. But really, God used that situation and three days later, he was crowned king. So for the believer, and something doesn't happen according to, you know, the goodness of God, God is setting you up for something else. Hallelujah. And the devil will try to twist, twist that. In 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And really the opposite of, you know, and what anxiety will get you in. When you're anxious, you lose control. Because you're trying to control things that are outside your realm of control. 
and then you become anxious about it and it becomes a spiral, you know, and gets out of hand. But God comes in and he gives you self-control where he says, no, hallelujah, God loves me. He's for me. He's not against me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have to go back to the crutch of alcoholism. I don't have to go back to the crutch of drugs and, of, and friendships that, you know, take me down a path of evil. Hallelujah. But you can keep moving forward. Come on, say with me. I'm going to keep moving forward. So literally anxiety, you know, is in anxiety, your own twisted perception of truth keeps you bound. And self-discipline is self-control because you are in charge of your own decisions. And we must walk through the difficulties and challenges of life, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and his promises. You know, God wants you to know for certain that he chose you, that he loves you, that he's for you, that he's not against you, that he has a future and a hope for you, and you have to fight the good fight of faith and believe the word of God at all costs, at all times, and in all circumstances. Hallelujah. And that won't happen by accident. You actually have to choose. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey the word of God. I'm going to believe what God says about me. I'm not going to believe the lie of the enemy, that I'm not loved, that I'm not wanted, that people, you know, we have people that come. We had a, a lady and says, you know, nobody likes me. I'm a leper. And it was like, that's not true. You're totally not a leper. You're literally not a leper. You just feel that way. But nobody talks to me. Yeah, because as soon as service is over, you get up and you run out the door. Well, you know, that's true. We love you. Come on, look at your labor and say, I love you. We love you. We are a loving church. We're the hugging church. Praise the Lord. We are a personal church. We visit you. We call you. We pray for you. We believe in you. Hallelujah. So we love you here. But when people listen to those things and give in to their circumstances, and they decide to make, you know, to take the, the low road, if you will, you're not going to experience the fullness of God for you. Maybe, you know, you got a good word. Praise the Lord. You know, it's like, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. Listen, the details, it's not for you. The details is for the Lord. For us, we are to obey. obey believe and obey and take steps of faith. Hallelujah. God knows our destiny, and he's going to be faithful to each one of us. And somebody said that life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you wish, but you can only spend it once. And let me tell you, you're the one spending your own life. You're the one making decisions for your own life. You can't blame the devil. The devil made me do it. My husband made me do it. My wife made me do it. My children made me do it. The pastor made me do it. The church made me do it. You can't blame anybody else for your own decisions. Make no mistake, you're the spender. And if you allow yourself to be controlled by outside forces, you're still responsible for your actions. If somebody comes and you provoke you and you pop them in the mouth and you go to jail, it's not their fault. It's your fault. 
Hallelujah. When there's an offering message and we look at the life of Cornelius and the Bible says, if you give, I will bless you. I will open the windows of heaven. We see, you know, we see uh, uh, evidence in the Bible that when we give, that is building up a monument in heaven before the Lord, that it pleases the Lord. It's a sacrificial offering. And when the offering comes, you're like, you know, I'm not sure about that. You're writing your own story. Hallelujah. Now, when you have vision, vision is the ability to see God's presence, to perceive God's power, to focus on God's plan in, st- in spite of the obstacles. The beautiful, you know, you got to be a tenacious person. If you're a Christian, you're tenacious. You don't give up easily. Hallelujah. Because you have the spirit of Christ on the inside of you. The Bible says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead abides on the inside of you and will quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. So even when you may not feel like doing it, you take actions by faith and obedience, even though you don't feel like doing it. And as you work those things out, as you take those steps, the Lord will reward you. Hallelujah. Now, when you have vision, it affects your attitude. How many of you have a bad attitude? Don't lift your hands, please. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, if your attitude is optimistic rather than pessimistic, you're not going to give up. And that's really where the battle is. If when you believe what the Word of God says for your life, everything you do, it's going to work out. Hallelujah. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be mighty. God is going to give me victory in all things. But why is that? Because your vision is on the Lord. Now, if your vision is on your circumstances, like, I don't know how that's going to work. Shut up. <laughs> Happens for others never. Shut up. You know, you get it. I love what Pastor Daniel says. You got to have somebody that holds your shut up card. You know, and, and it's one of the most things, and, you know, and Dr. Cloud talks about this. One of the most powerful things, you know, that, that we can have is a support group is a place that you can go, go to where you can be vulnerable and people, you know, are going to help you. Hallelujah. I love our pastors and I talk about them all the time. Why is that? Because when you're feeling sad, you're feeling bad for yourself, you're having a pity party. It's like, Pastor Kirsten, oh, my life is so sad. Well, God bless you. Here, go scrub some toilets. <laughs> you need to stop being selfish. And focusing on yourself and focus on the Lord. Be grateful for what God, you got to have friends that will help you that way. When we first started going to the life group at the choir's house, Pastor Tammy and Scott Choir. And I remember we drive there sometimes in the Butte. We loved, I love the Butte. You know, we actually own property there. In the future, we want to build a house there. And, um, you know, and we would drive there, and it's like, and we're like, man, do we talk too much? Like on the way home, like, do we say too much? Like, do they, do like, do they like us? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna go back anymore. It was like, no, we're gonna go back. So we're gonna go back because they love us. We didn't say anything bad, and who cares anyway? Statistically, there's only two or three people that like you, so you might as well just, you know, consider yourself loved. And focus that you are loved. Hallelujah. And in this church, you are loved. But he told me to scrub the toilets. He loves you. (laughs) Instead, you're going to say, instead of, you know, when you're optimistic, the Lord, this is your moment. This is where you take charge. You're in this. Hallelujah. God will lead you through difficult things to build you up, to strengthen you. 
Hallelujah. Maybe you got a word, prophet to the nations. And then, you know, you walk outside and like, you know, you begin to experience things that, you know, you didn't think like, man, they're going to roll out the red carpet when I show up. They're going to pull up my car for me. When I go to the store, the birds are going to open the doors for me. And that's totally not what happens. Let me tell you, God is training you. Hallelujah. Now, vision requires determination to see it fulfilled. Project Zach requires determination. And we've seen it fulfilled. Hallelujah. Now, will you become what you think? Did you know that? So if you think you are weak, guess what you're going to be? Weak. If you think you are ugly, guess what you're going to be? Ugly. It's ugly, you know, there's no such thing as an ugly person. I truly believe that. There's no such thing as an ugly man, as an ugly woman. We are all created in the image and likeness of God, so you carry the beauty of God, you know, in you, in us, intrinsically in us, and when we're connected to the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, when you have a bad attitude, who wants to be around you? You're pessimistic. You're sad all the time. You know, and yes, you know, that's why you got to know that people, you know, hang with people that know you. Because if you're sad, you know, for sad reasons, you'll, you know, you'll be comforted. The Bible says that we are to comfort one another with the same comfort that we ourselves have received. Hallelujah. But if you're always sad because you have a pessimist, you're a pessimist, you need to change. Hallelujah. And believe the word of God in Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Whatever you have mulling around on the inside of the way you think is who you're going to become. So I want to encourage you tonight. You take the word that you received. You take the word of God and you begin to wage war with that word. You begin to declare that over yourself. You begin to believe that in your life because that is the plan of God for your life to give you a future, to give you a hope, to lift you up, to lift you up out of where you are and sit you among the nobles. Hallelujah. And we must program our minds with the, same, with the kind of information that will set you free. Maybe somebody told you you're never going to amount any, to anything. Know who else heard that? Pretty much everybody in the room. Who cares? Who cares? Why don't you reject that? Why don't you let go of that? And you believe on the word of God that says, today, hallelujah, I have chosen you. I have called you. You are my beloved. Hallelujah. For God so proved his love for us that while we were still sinners, he died on the cross. You know, and I'm not, you know, and I'm not downplaying, you know, trauma. I'm not downplaying any of those things. But if you're going to focus on your trauma for the rest of your life, you're going to have what you have right now. But if you're going to rise up in the calling that God has for you, Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself and follow me. Dead men don't have any rights. Dead women don't have any rights. No lawyers, there's no lawyer's office at the cemetery. Right? And when, you're, when you become a believer, what is baptism a picture of? You've died to yourself and you've risen again for Christ. The Apostle Paul says, for me, to, live, to die is gain, to live is Christ. And he even talks about, man, I wish I could go to heaven. That would be better for me. But it would be better for you if I stayed. So I believe that God is going to have me stay here a long time. Praise the Lord. 
So you got to program your minds with the kind of information that will set you free. Like to Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, thoughts, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I remember coming into this house broken. Hallelujah. I didn't have peace. I didn't have a future. I didn't have hope. But I know that word was spoken. The word was declared. And I was like, man, the best is yet to come. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, the best is yet to come. And I would hear that, the best is yet to come. I was like, is it? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to believe it. The best is yet to come. And then you begin to believe it. You begin to declare it in your life. And then you begin to take steps in your life as if the best is yet to come. So hallelujah. And the Lord makes a way for you. And these, this verse speaks of purpose and destiny. That's the destiny that God has for you. You're free to soar. And it's going to take a while. It may be painful, but what a metamorphosis. You see what's going on in our lives. Maybe you just got saved. Maybe you've been saved a year. Maybe you saved six months. You're like, man, why is it that, you know, things are not like I want them to be? Listen, stick with it. Because just like a caterpillar is being metamorphosized or being transformed to become a butterfly. Hallelujah. Or let's just say an egg, an eagle egg is being matured. It doesn't stay an egg for the rest of your life. And I got good news for you. You're not going to stay an egg either. As valuable as they are right now. By the way, did you guys hear that? You know, it's the feed. So if you buy feed from Purina, Purina. Um, for your chickens, and they're not laying eggs. That's why. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, <laughs> but you're going to soar on eagles, like on wings, like eagles. Come on, say with me. I'm not going to stay an egg. Because if you if you don't grow into you know that eagle, eventually it'll be rotten. Don't be a rotten egg. <laughs> Knowing this, the enemy has made our minds. A bullseye of his target. Did you know that? Did you know that some of the thoughts that you have are really not your own? But it's the enemy, our familiar spirits that you've been freed from, that you've been set free from, that are coming around again trying to get you to believe the lie of hell and forfeit your own future. But the Bible says in Ephesians that we are to take the shield of faith that erase or rather that extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. What, are the, what is a fiery dart? A fiery dart is an arrow with a flame at the, at the tip and whenever you shoot the, the arrow, it'll catch fire in whatever it hits. Nowadays we have what it's called incendiary, incendiary rounds where you fire you know, around into something and it's got a chemical on it that burns hot and whatever it hits, it'll set on fire. That's what the enemy wants to do with the lies that he's been speaking over your life. And if you receive those things without checking them with the word of God, eventually it's going to burn down everything in your life. Now God's goal, we see in 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Stop fighting your spouse. They're not the problem. It's not the church. It's not the government. It's not Joe Biden. It's not, you know, Kevin McCarthy. It's not, you know, Trump. It's not anybody else. It's not the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. It's not nothing else. Your enemy is the devil that's trying to destroy your life. Really, 
He's actually, he's trying to pull the strings of your flesh. That's really who your enemy is. What Pastor Kirshen was saying, right? That nature that wants to, you know, overtake, but we live dead. Hallelujah. We're no longer alive to sin. We're free from sin so that we don't have to give in to the desires of sin because we are dead to sins, no longer slave when you become a believer. And he says in verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 10, casting down, let's read again from 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. What are these strongholds? Are ideas that you have that keep you bound and keep you locked where you are. And he says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So the weapons of God are powerful for us, for you, to destroy your own ideas that exalt themselves against who God is. What does that mean? Like, well, I don't know, things don't work for me. That's a lofty thought. Because if you're a child of God, he, you, he's got purposes, he's got a plan, he's got a future for you. Hallelujah. So that's a lofty idea that nobody loves me. That's a lofty, lofty idea. That's a life from hell. Let me tell you, I love you. And may, you know, when people don't, you know, maybe they're not rejecting, they're not rejecting you or not wanting to be around you because they don't love you. It could be that you haven't taken a shower in three weeks or you don't brush your teeth or you don't wear deodorant. And it's not, you know, it's not that that person hates you. Maybe they have an oversensitive gag reflex. And when you come around, it's like, oh, see you later. Oh, I got to walk away. Come on, take a shower, brush your teeth, comb your hair, wear deodorant. Praise Jesus. So these are lofty ideas that can keep you bound. And you cast them down with the mighty weapons that God has given you. Hallelujah. Bringing down every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I don't feel loved, but I am loved. And I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to life group. I'm going to go to transformations. I'm going to go serve. Hallelujah. And you see that as you take those steps that God blesses you as we obey God. He repatterns our whole way of thinking. Romans 1, 12, 1 and 2. We are to offer ourselves as sacrifice and renew the way we think. Hallelujah. By submitting ourselves to the Lord, by submitting ourselves to the word of God and really devoting ourselves to the teaching of the apostles. And I love that we are a church that devote ourselves to the teaching of the apostles. So when you come to church, you know, and maybe a pastor Kirsten, pastor Daniel, or one of our leaders will give you instruction and you don't want to hear it. Maybe you should. As we obey God, he repatterns our thinking. And people who soar are those who refuse to sit back and wish things would change. Stop blaming anybody else. But rather, the Bible says in Jeremiah 23, 29, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? The word of God will destroy every lofty argument. As a matter of fact, that word rock there, that's exactly what it means. It's an unused root meaning to be lofty. So, you know, you don't use the Bible to destroy rocks. That's not what it's saying. But rather the word of God will come in your heart, will come in your thinking and destroy those thoughts that oppose the knowledge of God, that oppose who God says that you are, that he has a hope for you, he has a future for you, that he has blessings for you. Hallelujah. Now looking at our, at our, at our text, practical ways of changing your life. 
One, keep Jesus first in your life, in everything you do. You know, joy is not ex accidental. He says, be full of joy in the Lord. Rejoice. I don't want to rejoice. That's why your life sucks. Because you always take the low road. You go by your feelings. Well, nobody likes me. Stop it. Listen, I, I, I'm like, I was the master nobody likes me guy. I was the master, you know, the number one I don't have any friends guy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing when you stop being a jerk and you actually become friendly, how you have friends. Praise the Lord. I got a beautiful wife. Praise Jesus. I made her cry in the beginning. But God got a hold of me. And I learned if I just be quiet more often, things go better. <laughs> Hallelujah. Imagine that. Joy is not accidental. You can choose joy by focusing on the work God has done in your life and by being thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful in everything. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. When you pray, thank God. When you're feeling bad for yourself, thank God. Well, I'm not there yet. Thank God you weren't where you weren't, you're not where you used to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We'll give you the glory. We give you the honor. You see, when you train yourself every time that you start feeling bad for yourself, you begin to thank God. You, you develop a trigger in you that when your emotions begin to turn like, you know, eh, you know, you begin to glorify God and it'll pull you out of that. Hallelujah. Don't worry about anything, verse 6. Instead, pray about everything. Pray. You got to pray. Are you coming to prayer? You know, one of the things that we begin to experience in Eagle River is people that, you know, could never go to prayer because it's too early in the morning. God has begun to switch things in their lives, and they're making time to be in prayer. Why is that? Because the, they're beginning to understand that God's plan for their life is more valuable than anything else that you can do on the earth. Well, you know, I, I got to have some me time. No, you need some Jesus time. You need to come to prayer. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, come to prayer. Learn how to be diligent. Learn how to be steadfast. Hallelujah. I love our church. We're steadfast. You come here to prayer, it's like our, our staff are here in prayer. You see Pastor Kirsten here at prayer. You see Pastor Daniel at prayer. And then there's a next level. You see Pastor Daniel walk in, he's like, come on, let's go, let's go. You know, you can have like, you know, like, oh, thank you, Jesus, praise the Lord. Or you can have intense prayer by just beginning to push and to enter into that and, and feel the power of God, experience the, the presence of God. It's all up to us. It's all up to you because God has made a way already. Hallelujah. All you got to do is enter in. Don't complain, but pray to God. In order to experience God's presence, you have to fight. For your right to experience his presence. <laughs> Come on, just, ask, just catch that song out of your mind. What's wrong with you? We're in church, people. Understand that no other people, not your neighbor, not even the devil, you know, is responsible for anything in your life. It's really your choices that you are making. And he's the defeated foe. His head is crushed. You really fight your own thoughts and beliefs. Those are the things that are going against you. 
Like, oh, you know, you, you reject those things and you believe the word of God. Hallelujah. The devil is defeated. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. We live in victory. That's not a cliche. That's reality. So you got to believe it. You got to walk that way. Hallelujah. Walk that way. <laughs> Believing Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If you ever catch yourself when your mind is wandering off, thinking about things, taking your thoughts, Catherine's like, hey, stop it. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy of all the glory and all the honor. Hallelujah. You think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You don't let your mind, you don't let your thoughts go down into fantasies that will bring you into a pit of, of perdition and brokenness and bondage. But rather, you think about the things of the Lord, how he set you free. Hallelujah. One of the greatest things that I love about this church and I love about our pastor is that his heart is constantly being thankful to God. Now, I've never been with him in a time where he thinks about where God's pulled him out of where he's like, man, you know, it was a bad day. It's always like, hallelujah. It's awesome what God is doing. You know, it's one of the most amazing things as well. You know, it's a man that, is, you know, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen are always growing. It's like, you know, man, I'm going to be like them. I'm going to grow. And you're like, you grow. And it's like, and you get to where they were. And it's like, they're gone. Well, I got to keep on moving. And you just kind of keep growing. I love it. I love our churches. Hallelujah. We're always growing. Eagle River is growing. Our people are growing. We had people that were unemployable, that didn't know anything. They were dumber than box of rocks when they came in. And today, they're intelligent. Today, they're valuable. Today, there are noble men and noble women that come to them for their, for their ideas, for their instruction. Why is that? Because the power of God is real and is at work in our lives. And when you take the word of God and you fight against those things, you fight against your flesh that's trying to keep you bound, the bad ideas, the inheritance that you receive from the world, you reject that and you follow what God has for you. You live in victory. Well, it's hard. It's harder when you give up. Living for God is not hard. The life of a believer is not hard. Hard is living a double, a double, you know, a double life. Where you come to church and you experience the power of God. And you see other people, you know, they're full of joy. They're full of the presence of God. They're full of the power of God. Gospel hands, gospel hands all the time. And you come, one day you're gospel hands. The other time you're like, you know, ugh. How you doing? Ugh, terrible. You need healing. And you need to grow and pursue the things of God can come in and set us free. Hallelujah. So you read and you reflect on the, on the scriptures, on the word of God and the assurances that God has for your life. Because he has a purpose. How many of you got a great word this, this weekend? Do you know that if you don't work to see that accomplished, it's never going to be accomplished? It's never going to be fulfilled. Well, God's got a great call for my life. I remember, I'm like, you know, you got a great call for your life. God's going to do great things since I was a kid. I hear, oh, God's got a great call for your life. And I'm like, amen. And I remember, like, I'm like, okay, where is it, God? I have to work here in this place. Where's the calling of God? 
Where's the power? And one day, actually, I was driving home. We used to live right over here on the Whispering Woods, Naomi Drive. I was driving home from service, and I was one of the ushers. You know, and it was awesome. But in my eyes then, I was just passing out envelopes. That's all I'm doing, God. Ugh, terrible. And as I'm pulling out here, the Walmart exit, I'm like, God, what about all the calling that you have for me? You know, grace, grace. Now we drive by when it was just the barn here. And we pray, grace, grace. We're in here now. And the Lord, you know, began to speak to me. And he says, why don't you just be thankful for all that I have done in your life? Why don't you forget all these lofty ideas that you have of what I'm going to, what you think I'm going to do, and you just serve me like you had nothing else to do? Why don't, instead, instead of complaining about, you know, passing out envelopes, why don't you begin to pastor at your job, you jerk? <laughs> like, wow. You're upset. You got to be there early. It's all those women. Used to work in healthcare. So, you know, like 15 women. Every day, it was shark, shark week, man. Every day, somebody. It's <laughs> not having a good day. And I didn't help it. Can we be real? That's, that's what I, that was the experience. And it's like one abyss calls to another abyss. And the Lord says, why don't you pastor them? And I repented. And I'm like, okay. And you know, and, and, and they're like, pray for me. Pray for my dad. Call my, pray for my dad. And my dad's having a heart attack. I changed my attitude. Instead of passing, I started having fun. You know, and it was, I had my section. My section was number four over there in the old sanctuary. And it's like, you know, I had fun with Miss Liz and Anita. And they're like, you know, Miss Liz always wants four envelopes. And I would just give her, like, I would bring a huge, like, stack and just, like, throw it at her. There you go, Miss Liz. That should keep you for a week. And I just, it, be, it became different. And, you know, and then God, and then, like, you'd call people, hey, just want to call, pray for you. And God would intervene in their lives. And as we began to serve God and begin to just forget all about it, man, life became grand. And the Lord began to bless us. The Lord began to bless us financially. The Lord began to bless us, bless our hearts, bless my mind. Hallelujah. And as the church grew, it became awesome. And Pastor's like, what do you think about Eagle River? Like, we hate Eagle River. We don't want to go to Eagle River. We want to stay here. Grace, grace. We want to see that building. We want to help. We want to be there. We don't want to go anywhere right now. It's just beginning to get super awesome. And it's like every day's a party. Yeah. It is a party. It's the biggest party in Alaska unless Eagle River is having service. Hallelujah. And then it's the second best party. You know, and, and so, but we, be, we, we made a mistake. We said, we'll pray about it. And the Lord confirmed it. And he just opened doors. We moved there, began a life group in our house. Life group. And we just began, and, and the, our life group grew. Then we moved into the Mac Center. We had people that stopped coming because they only liked home churches. They didn't like big churches. 
it wasn't that big, but you know, it was too big for them. And it was like, oh man, discouraging. But you walk through that and you fight and you continue and you pray for people, you believe in people, you pour, you know, and it's just, you do life, you experience life with people, power and purpose. You begin to see that. And today, you know, and then we moved into a new building and it's a battle, it's a fight. Well, I'm tired of fighting. No, you're not. You're made for this. You're made to fight. You're made for battle. Hallelujah. You are a warrior. My mother would always say, we are warriors in the army of Christ. My mom would rebuke me sternly. She's like, she asked me to preach one time, you know, and I had like, you know, a half-hearted message and she rebuked me. She says, you know, a, 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 a preacher, a servant of God, a soldier, you should be ready in and out of season. What kind of lame word was that? I'm sorry, mom. That's how my mom, you know, talks about things of God. We don't do that anymore. Hallelujah. But God began to do things and we began to see miracles. You know, and we don't even know like how it happened, but it just, you show up, come to prayer. I used to, you know, I started doing prayer in my living room. It was just me. You know, even, not even, you know, other people in my house would come to prayer in the living room. It was just me in the beginning. Nobody in the front row. And I remember one day as I, you know, I'm like, uh, three days a week, you know, today's, you know, I'm going to just sleep in today, Pastor Curtis. And I was just like, and the Lord spoke to me and says, if you don't pray, nothing's going to happen. The Kraken. And I got up, I'm like, you know, it was 7.23 a.m. And I went and I prayed and we haven't missed prayer. And we prayed, and when we moved into the new building, we go and pray. I got a picture yesterday from a few years ago. It was just me and my son, and obviously the person who took the picture, Big Country. We used to call him Big Country, took the picture. And it's like, and look what God, today we had, you know, I don't know, 10 people in prayer, and 300 people coming on in the morning. You know, and people being saved, being transformed, families. We had a lady, you know, testifying that she had a, a room in her, in her house that was dedicated to smoking marijuana to cope with her problems, to cope with her anxiety, to cope with life. And then she got convicted and she says, I can't, you know, because she'd smoke weed in, her, in that room and then she'd go to church and her face was gray and her face was sad and she felt she got convicted by the Holy Ghost and repented and got rid of that thing. And today, what used to be her hot box is now her prayer room. <laughs> and today, she's experiencing victory in her life. Her family's coming to church. Her children who, were, who didn't know God are beginning to have, be impacted by the power of God as she prays and she, you know, serves the Lord, as she's taking her thoughts captive and walking in victory. We had others, we have many others that are experiencing the power of God, just like here. Don't give up. Don't stop. Press in. God has great plans for your lives. Well, I, I don't see it. It's because you're giving up all the time. You've got to keep moving forward. Hallelujah. As you do, as you're diligent, come to prayer. While it seems like nothing happens. No, something is happening in the spiritual realm that you can see it because you are unspiritual. You're immature, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> but as you mature, you begin to understand that as you pray, you are destroying the works of darkness. You are destroying the forces of evil. 
Listen, be careful as you grow. Like, well, you know, I don't need to. No, you need to even more then to be in the presence of the Lord. Even then you need to be closer, more and more in a life group. I don't have time. No, you need to make time. Because that's where the freedom is going to come. The fullness of freedom. We received the fullness of freedom at the choir house. Hallelujah. And then we know we started talking like, hey, wouldn't it be awesome if there was like, you know, a life group where you learn how to like, how hear God better. And Minister Carol was just like, well, I teach that class. And then we had, you know, the prophetic class after and it was powerful and God, you know, we learned how to hear the voice of the Lord, how to move in prophecy, how to hear God. And today, you know, God is doing so many things and we got our eyes on Anchorage. We started a prayer, prayer center in Anchorage in, on Spinard Road, hallelujah. And we have people coming there that used to run drugs in Spinard and today they're praying at the prayer center on Spinard. Come on, God will transform every situation, no matter how far God it may seem to be. But you gotta press in. Hallelujah, your life, you're the one spending it. How are you spending it? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.